0: Okay, well, let's jump into what we're doing today. We're in week two of margin, and today we're talking about scheduling margin. Before we do that, I have a quick question for you. How many of you guys would say that you would enjoy more time for rest or to do something that you enjoy? Come on, this is an audience participation? Yeah. Oh, that, that's it? There's like only a third of you that wish that? How many of you guys wish you had more time and to rest or do things you enjoy? Let's try it again. Okay, that's what audience participation looks like. That's awesome. All right. We're gonna do more, all right? How many of you wish you had more time to spend with your loved one? If you're sitting next to your loved one right now and they didn't raise their hand, go ahead and just elbow them a little bit, right? It's all right. Better raise your hand. I'm gonna spend more time with me. Maybe that's a conversation you need to have. Did it just get awkward in here? Awkward. How many of you wish you had more time to spend with God? That's awesome, and see, and, 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 and I know that most of us wish we had more time. But I think that if, if God did that for us, because we got 24 hours in our day, if God just said, all right, listen, I'm gonna go ahead and give you 25 hours in the day. If he went ahead and did that for us, most of us would not use that extra hour to do something that, and, 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 uh, with, with something that matters most in our life. We, we, just, we would not do that. We would not spend it on the most important things. Because culture has a way of overwhelming any margin that we have. I'll prove it to you. Think about the last day off that you had that you didn't expect. Like it was just, hey, you don't need to come into work today. Everything's closed. You're good. Or we don't need you. We got the shift covered. And so you're you're spending time off. How many of you took that time? Many of you said you'd want to spend time with God. How many of you took that day off and spent time with God? Likely, many of you spent time catching up on your chores, catching up on your emails, and running around doing errands. Chances are, on that day, you responded to what you felt was most urgent instead of what was most important. And that's just how we live. That's it. Our lives are much like a car that's out of alignment. Anybody ever driven a car that's out of alignment? When the wheels are off, man, there's there's not only is there this... that you're constantly feeling as you drive, this constant vibration. But there's also a thing called a pull. Your car can pull to one side or the other. This weekend I was driving my car and my son was driving and he kept drifting and he's just practicing. And I was like, dude, what is your deal? Could you just stay in your lane? And it wasn't until later that I got in the car that I found out I've got an alignment issue. All these potholes we've been hitting around here in Reynoldsburg, can I get a witness out there? My car's out of alignment. I discovered that my car is drifting to the right. It wasn't his fault, but he needed to adjust to that. He needed to fight against that misalignment because that misalignment was trying to pull him out of his lane, pulling him into a dangerous territory. It made everybody in the car nervous. We thought we were going to die. It was like this close. Parents, when you get your kids and they start learning how to drive, I pray for your souls. Pray for mine. But we have to fight against that tendency to drift. In our own lives, we are naturally out of alignment with God's best for us. It's this sin nature that each of us was born with. And that sin nature causes us to drift away from God's best for our lives. It takes us out of alignment. It pulls us towards the way that culture and the world is doing things. And so culture will try to pull us off-center into a marginless life. Last week, if you weren't with us, we we talked about margin. We said this is what margin is. It's the amount available beyond what is necessary, all right? In, In other words, it's the difference between what you have and what you need. Now this week, we're gonna talk about scheduling. So margin in your scheduling life looks like this. If you have some extra time, it's that you have time to help somebody in need, without stressing out about it. When's the last time you were able to do that? When's the last time you were able to respond to a friend crying out for help without going, oh my gosh, that's just gonna add so much to my plate? Or margin in time looks like time to hang out with your kids and listen to them without your brain and noodle going on what you've got to do next in your task list. Margin is being able to be interrupted and be glad about it. See, there's a difference there. Most of us get interrupted and we're irritated about it. But you can be interrupted when you have margin time in your life. You can be thankful for I'm so glad you stopped by today. I'm so glad you rang my doorbell. I'm so glad you called me. I'm, I'm so glad. When you have time margin, you have time to rest. You have time to relax. You have time to reflect. Those are important things. And when you have margin in your schedule, you also have quality time with the creator of this universe. Margin, for a lot of us, is what we do not have. Today, we're going to be looking uh, at Ephesians five fifteen through 17, kind of offer some structure to our talk today. Now, it does not speak specifically to our schedules, but what it does speak to is important. It says this, be very careful, then, how you live. That's your life. That's how you plan your day. That's how you spend your time. Let's be very careful. That's why we can apply it to our schedules and to, our mar- and to the margin that we have or don't have. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. We've got to be careful because if we're not careful, we're going to be pulled to the side. We're going to be pulled out of our lane and into a marginless life. Culture will drag you away. It'll pull you away to lesser important things. So we have to fight against that. We have to be very, very careful because our default mode is foolishness. That, that's, that's our default mode. That isn't, it isn't wisdom, so we have to be careful how we live. We have to fight against the way the world does things. We have to be careful how we plan, what we say yes to, what we say no to. And the verse goes on and says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So it's speaking now to what you're doing with your time making the most, making sure you're you're giving time to the most important things because the days are evil. He continues and says, therefore, do not be foolish, there it is again, but understand what the Lord's will is. We have to be very careful how we live, guys, because culture will try to drag you away to a marginless and meaningless life. So how do we keep margin in our schedules? How do we learn what what is it we're gonna say yes to, right? Because that's really important. What do we say yes to? Well, most of you would respond this way. If I were to come up to you and say, hey, what are you doing Friday night? I'd really like to take you out and go do this. Most of you are gonna ask this first question. You're gonna say, am I free? And you'll look at your calendar and you'll decide if, if you're free that night, if you've got nothing else going, then the answer is yes. That's not a bad question to ask. Obviously, you don't want to overbook yourself or overcommit yourself and, 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 and fail in a relationship somewhere else, fail to show up or do something. You don't want to do that, so that's a great question to ask, but it's not the best question to ask. Others of you will look at it within the context of right and wrong. Huh. Is this, is this a right thing that I should be doing? Like, is it beneficial? Is it good? Is it lovely? Good? Because rep- there's lots of good things you can do. Is it right or is it wrong? Like, should I be out getting drunk and partying with the guys? Or, or, or is, you know, is it right or is it wrong? You'll make the decision based on that. Again, not a bad question, but not the best question. The best question to ask when you're talking about what you say yes to in your schedule is to ask, is it wise? And so I'm going to throw this up on the screen, and I'm actually going to insert a little caveat. You say, well, what do you mean, is it wise? Well, as it relates to you, is it wise? In light of blank in your life? Is it wise? So insert whatever you need to insert there. In light of your future hopes and your dreams, is it wise that you say yes to this thing? In light of your current marital state, is your marriage a mess? Does it need help? Do you need to really be taking on another event, another activity? Is it wise? In light of the fact that you got two little kids in diapers running around, in your house, is it wise? Is it wise that you do this? In light of the fact that you've got a 17-year-old living at home who's got one year left to spend with you before they leave your house, is it wise? In light of the fact that each of our days are numbered, that our time is very, very precious. The Bible says that, it describes our lives and says our lives are but a vapor, that, that we're just, that we're here and gone, that, that tomorrow's not promised to us. And when we, when we really look at our lives that way, when we understand that, and, and aside from the, the, the fragility of our lives, that Christ is coming soon, that the end is near, in light of that, is it wise? Not is it right or wrong? Not am I free, but is it wise? To be very careful, then, how we live, not as unwise but is wise, making the most of every t- opportunity that is passing by every day. Recently, I was, I was uh, invited to come and speak at a conference, a youth conference here in Columbus. 1,500 kids. Man, I thought that was an incredible opportunity to go and be a part of that. And, and, and I'm sure many of you, you'd be like, that's a good thing, Aaron. That's a good thing that you have an opportunity to be part of that conference for those teens that are, that are, that are coming to know God, d- discover their purpose, be, be part of all that, get connected with other people and, and continue on their journey. That's an awesome thing. You should go do that. That's a good thing. You're right. It is a good thing. And I was honored and I was thankful. But I did the first thing that I would tell you makes you wise. I said, hang on, I got to ask my wife. <laughs> and all the ladies said... Yeah, and guys, you just need to get on board, all right? Ask your wife. And so I, I said, let me get back to you. I'll, I'll talk to my wife first. And the conversation with my wife went, went like this. I'm not really sure if I should do this or not. Like, it's a great honor. It's a great experience. But in light of the fact that the four days prior to the event... I'm gonna be in Honduras again. In November, I get to go back to Honduras. I'm taking other pastors and and exposing them to what One Child Matters can do, the difference that that sponsoring one child can make. And and I'm gonna fly fly out one day, be there two days, fly back another. I said, in light of my previous experiences, in light of my health situation with my back, because traveling really takes a toll on my back, is this wise? We have to be wise, guys. We have to be wise, so how do we do it? How do we schedule wisely? Well, we have to learn to be courageous and have faith. You say, oh, what's that faith part? Man, that faith part is just trusting God. Trusting God that, that if what you say yes to or what you might have to say no to, that, that he's in control. That you're not the one responsible for the success of that thing. You're not the one responsible for making it all happen. That God's actually in control. And God's going to do what God's going to do regardless of you. That's good stuff. Wasn't even in my notes. Not even here. It was just free for you. And so we have to learn to have courage and faith to say no to many good things so we can say yes to the best things. We need to learn to say no to the good things. There's all kinds of good things you can get involved with and that, so that you can say yes to the best things in life. Tons of th- good things in your life you can get involved with that you might have to say no to. There might be another club opportunity for your kid. It's a great experience for them. But due to other things in light of blank, you might need to say no. And you might need the courage to say no. And trust that, man, that was going to give your kid a great experience, but, but God's got this. And God's going to open every door. God's going to provide favor. Do you know a moment of favor is, is greater than a lifetime of effort and work? There's another, maybe there's another opportunity to serve at an outreach that has your heart. But in light of blank in your life, is it wise to do it? You might have to say no. You, you might have to say No. But what about the people? Listen, let me tell you something. If you'll just trust God with that situation, if it's not wise, God will put the right person in there that needs to be there to fill that gap to serve those people. I promise you. Just gotta trust. That's where you have to have faith. You say, well, there's, there's another three hours of overtime available to me. It's time and a half after all, Aaron. Yes, but in light of, is it wise for you to do it? You may have to say no to it. It's not bad things. These are good things, right? These are all good things. But good things can quickly become the enemy of the best things. That was so good, I'm going to say it again. Good things can quickly become the enemy of the best things. We can't live as unwise, guys. We have to be wise, and we have to be careful. That conference, I declined the invitation. I thanked them. I was so humbled that they would even ask. And I asked them to remember me for next year. But my wife and I, in the conversation, we said, you know what, if I do this, I'm gonna walk into this stressed, I'm gonna walk into this exhausted, I'm gonna be gone yet another day, I'm gonna be hurting, and by Sunday, because it was a Friday night, by Sunday, I'm probably not gonna be recovered and be able to stand up there very well. I'm just not gonna be able to do it, I'm not gonna be ready to preach. Or I could create margin and say no to something, I would be rested, I would get time with my family because I'd already been gone four days, I would have that, that, that relaxed experience because I created margin, and so I said no to them. Is it wise? In light of blank, is it wise? It was a good thing, but it would have kept me from the best things in my life. Romans 12.2 tells us, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to learn to be different, not to live like everyone else. In order to not to live like everyone else, we can't think like everyone else. We cannot approach life like everyone else. We need to be wise. It says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, you're, you might be listening to that story. You might be thinking, like, all right, Aaron, that conference really would have been an awesome thing. You're weird. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you thinking I'm weird. Because let me tell you something. Normal isn't working. You can do it like everybody else. But if you live your life as unwise, like everybody else, like culture, like the world, like their pattern, if you live life like them, you'll get the exact same results they'll have. Normal doesn't work. And culture will pull you into living your life Without margin. So let's fight against that pull. Let's be willing to be weird. Let's do things differently. Do you know that that as you develop a relationship with God, as you come to know who He is, as you draw close to Him, the closer you get to Him, the less you begin to think like the world? That's what happens. So draw close to God. We begin to think differently. We begin to spend our time differently than other people do. Don't be normal. Because normal isn't working. You say, Aaron, what's normal? What's normal in your marriage? Divorce. What's normal for teenagers? Rebellion. What's normal relationally? Relation in your relationship? Emptiness. What's normal in your schedule? Overwhelmed, exhausted, stressed, overworked, frenzied, stretched, miserable, busy, and yet empty. That's normal. Ask anyone, ask them. How are you doing? What's everybody's response? Oh, I'm good, but I'm really. Yeah. There's, there's very few people that you're going to find that you talk to and say, hey, how are things going? How are you doing? And they'll look at you and go, well, I got nothing going on. Loser. Right? Like they, they're, they're afraid of that response. I'm not calling you a loser if you got nothing going on. I'm just saying that we're afraid of that response. We want to tell people that we're busy, that we've got something going on. But we need to understand that busyness does not equal productivity. Busyness does not equal importance. Busyness does not equal meaning. And it does not equal success in our lives. That, that it, it does not point to that. We are robbed of a life of meaning, not because we aren't committed, but because we're overcommitted. We, 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 life, we are robbed from the best things because we're busy with so many good things. That's what's happening in our culture today. That's why we need courage and faith to say no to what so many others say yes to so that we can say yes to what others can't. That's important. Just because you could do something doesn't mean that you should do something. One of the greatest books that, that I've read in my life is a book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. And in this book, he discusses boundaries that you put up in your life. And one of the, one of the boundaries is the word no. That's an incredible boundary. Do you know that? Just, just the word no. Somebody asks you to do something. Somebody asks you to be part of something. But in light of whatever in your life, is it wise? And the answer is no. That's a full sentence. Somebody asks, you don't have to give them a reason. It's just a No and you build a boundary. See, the word no, Protects what you value most. See, you're not listening to me today. I'm telling you something. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying, trying, trying to help you. No will help you protect what you value most in your life. If you value your family, you might need to say no to another event. You value your time with God in the morning. You might need to say no to that cup of coffee with someone. You might need to say no to those text messages, those emails, those Snapchats, those notifications on Facebook. You might need to say no to those things so that you can read your Bible. Bible in the morning, you, you might need to say no, because no will protect that. When people ask, and it doesn't fit, say no. I talk to people all the time. They're like, man, I want to grow. I want to grow as a leader. I want to grow grow as an individual. Great, read a book. I got no time. Hey, Aaron, my marriage is a mess. Well, you need to get some counseling. You, maybe you need to go to the marriage grow group. I don't got any time, Aaron, I I, I want my my relationship with God stronger. Read your Bible, pray, talk to God. I don't have any time for that. People, People say they don't have any time. But listen, you have time for those things that you deem are most important. If you're sitting there telling me you don't have time, let me share something with you that is staggering. The average American, I read this this week and it just blew my mind. The average American watches five hours of television per day. That is 35 hours a week of people watching television. Do you you know what? Over a year's time, that is 76 days in a year that you are spending staring at a screen that will not love you back. I don't have a problem with television, But that number was staggering to me. And those numbers don't even include looking at the internet, or looking at your phone, or your your Twitter, or your social media. I'm not against all those things. But don't tell me you don't have time. You do have time. 76 hours, or 76 days a year, is not very wise to stare at the television. It's not wise, but it's normal. Why do we have to be careful? We have to be wise not as unwise. You need to realize that you have a choice. You can choose that which is better. You can choose it. It's your choice. You may need to make some changes in your life. You may need to get off of third shift, off of night shift, so that you can spend time with your family, get on their rotation. You you may need to do that. You may need to turn off the television so that you've got time to go out and get some exercise. You may need to delete some apps. To avoid some distractions so that you can spend time with God. You may need to redeem the drive on the way to work because most of the time you're listening to trash radio or you're listening to rock and roll and music. And I don't have any problem with any of that stuff, with talk radio and all that. I don't have any problem with all that. But you're listening to it a lot and you're saying you don't have time. But on that drive, you could be listening to a podcast, you could be listening to something that helps you grow. You can even listen to books nowadays. In fact, the Simple Church app that we have, the Bible that's in it, you can listen to your Bible reading all day long. You just push the play, and the the daily selections, it'll play it for you. You can redeem some time so that you can do some things. And some of you, man, you're going to have to put down your PS4 or your Xbox so that you can have time to go get a job. Oh, was that an ouch? I heard an ouch. <laughs> you, get to, you choose what you do with your time. You choose. Don't blame someone else. So be wise. No excuses. Don't do things like everyone else does. Have faith and have courage to say no to many good things so that you can say yes to the bad things. Or, or sorry, so that you can say yes to the best things. So Look, <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Pastor... <laughs> Pastor this morning said, say no to the good things so we can say yes to the bad things. I heard it. He's done lost his mind, mutiny. Got a new pastor installed next weekend. Dear Lord. Maybe I need some more of this. Some coffee to wake me up. Goodness. Now listen, as you go on this journey and you're learning to say no, you're learning how to, what to say yes to and learning what you need to say no to, to create that filter in your life, as you go on that journey, there are two things that are most important for you, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm closing this morning. Two things that are most important with you, for you, and oddly enough, these two most important things that when your life gets a little hectic, when your life gets a little busy, these are the things that often get sacrificed first, and they're so important that you do everything you can, that your no protects these things. The very first thing is is intimate time with God. Listen, spending time with your heavenly father every day. I'm not even putting a time frame on it. I'm just saying spending time with him. Spending time in prayer, talking to him. Spending time reading his word. I don't care if it's a verse. I don't care if it's just a chapter. I don't care if you go go and read the one-year Bible, which gets you through the Bible in one year. I love that. That's what I read. Whatever that looks like. Choosing to spend time every day with him. You need that. Here's why. Because when you spend time with God, you realign yourself with him. You connect your heart to his heart. And it's so important that you do that because when you connect your heart to his heart, it flows to the rest of your day. You align with his priorities for your life. You align with what he thinks is important because otherwise we're on a drift. Every day that we don't realign with him, we're on a drift. We we drift away from him naturally. If you ever come to one of our prayer nights, which I encourage you to do, they're the last Sundays of the month at 6 o'clock. It's just an hour. Come and be with us. One of the subjects that I cover is confession. There's only four, four subjects that we even, or four stations, postures of prayer that we even engage with. It really covers everything that Jesus talked about when he said, this is how you pray. And it's the word confession. The confession isn't just about confessing your sins. Though know this, if you're, if you're new to Christianity and just kind of ch- checking out a church, I need you to know something, God's not mad at you. The Bible says that if you confess your sins, he's faithful to forgive you, okay? So there's no shame in this place. You just need to confess, talk to him, say, man, I'm sorry, I've done these things, forgive me. God's faithful, he'll forgive you. Doesn't matter what, if you've been unfaithful or not. Your forgiveness, what you received because of what Jesus did, isn't based on you. So stop thinking it is and stop holding that over yourself and, and just, just talk to God about it. He's already paid the price for it and he ain't mad at you. He already knows what you did anyway. So just confess. But that's not the only part of confession. When we talk about confession, it's also confessing our need for God in our lives. Because if we're all being really honest with ourselves, we don't got this. We need to realign with his design for us every single day. We need to confess, God, I need you in every area of my life. One pastor talked about it this way. He says, when I'm praying this time, when I'm confessing to God and saying, I need you in every area of my life, he said, I just surrender myself to him. And he says, and I actually just work. He uses his body as a representation. I thought it was a great tool. I'll share it with you. He, first, he starts at the top of his head, and he says, God, I give you my thoughts. I, I pray today that, that you would transform my thoughts and that you would use them. And then he goes to his eyes, and he says, God, I give you my eyes. Help me focus on you and where you're leading me today and the needs of others. He says, then I give you my ears. He says, help my ears to be sensitive to your spirit's voice today. I give you my mouth. May I speak only good things and no evil today? I give you my hands so that all that I do today would serve others. He says, and then I give you my feet. He says, may I keep in step with your spirit and follow wherever you're leading like he, just, he just goes down his body and says, let me get into alignment with you. Let every area of my life be in alignment with who you are. To seek his way of doing things. Why? Because well, Jesus said this. He said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Pause. Most of the time when we read those words kingdom your mind goes to a castle, because that's what mine does. I think of the scenes of like Camelot, you know what I mean? Like we got moats, there might be a dragon, there's definitely walls, and there's like a high tower that's got a princess in it with long hair. I don't know why Rapunzel's in this story, but she is. Leave me alone. It's my imagination. Get out of my head. Now listen, (laughs) when I hear kingdom, that's what I think. But you need to understand this word kingdom is not talking about physical things. Our God is not a God who is bound to a physical location. He's what's called omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. So he's not referring to buildings and walls and to a little space where he dwells because there's no place that can hold him. What kingdom is referring to is his rule and his reign. It comes down to, just, just let me say it to you commonly, it's his way of doing things. So let me say it to you this way. Seek first his way of doing things, and then that word righteousness, you're like, well, that's a big church word. Do you know what righteousness, righteousness means? It means right living. It's his way of doing things and right living. So let's do this. But seek his way of doing things and his right way of living, and all these things will be given to you as well. That if we'll do that first, Jesus said first, by the way. He didn't say do this at some point in time in the day he said, do it first. Do it first, and everything else, everything else that you need will be blessed. Everything else that you need, you'll have, because if you do this first, everything else will be transformed, because you're submitting to God's way and his right way of living. You're committed to it, and we need to do that. We need to do it first. It's kind of like tithing, Tithing is, 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 is a principle in the church where we, where we give 10% of our income. We say, God, we're going to honor you with that. That's what tithe means. It's a tenth. But the biggest part of that is the fact that it's first, that we do it first. Why? Well, The Bible says when you do it first, the rest of it's blessed. The rest of it's blessed. So when we do this first, when we honor God, seek him first, then everything else in our day is blessed. That's so important. So important. The last week I asked you guys to take five minutes. I said, man, this is going to be a challenge for some of you just to sit and be still and know that he is God. To be still in his presence. To invite him in. Say, Lord, just just be with me. Sit with me here. and Just to enjoy five minutes of silence. This week I'm going to ask you to double it. I'm going to ask you to double that time. Spend ten minutes. Some of you just freaked out. You just looked at your calendars like, nope, don't got time. (laughs) Spend 10 minutes. Just speak to him. There's no formality to prayer. There's no these or thous or thines that you need to say. Just talk to him like you're talking to a close friend. Because he knows you intimately and he wants you to know him intimately. Just thank him for your day. Ask him for his strength. Maybe surrender, surrender yourself. Work your way down your head. Give him your thoughts. Give him your eyes. Give him your ears. Give him your mouth, your hands, and your feet. Just surrender. Ask for his way to be done. And then open your Bible. Open your Bible. Some of you are brand new to this. You can use the one-year Bible if you want to and get through the Bible in a year. Or those of you that are brand, brand new, just, just find the book of John. Just read the story of Jesus. Read a, read a chapter a day. Just, just read Jesus' story. It's that easy. Just spend time with God. It's so important. The second thing that is most important that we tend to let slip when we get busy is intentional times of rest. We just let that stuff go. We think that the world's gonna fall apart if we take a day off. That's just not true. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is what he offers you, exhausted single moms. This is what he offers you, stressed out business owners. This is what he offers you. Those of you that are financially stressed and worried, He offers you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In other words, doing things his way. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. He offers us rest. It's what many of us don't have in our lives. It's rest for our souls. Many of us, when we get busy, this is the first thing to go is the day off. Somebody calling you and asking you to do something. You know, well, you know what? I've got Friday off. I've got a day off. I guess I could do that. Instead of using that day to rest, you use that day to be busy. Let me tell you how important rest is. Even God rested. You can open up your Bible. The first book that's in there, it's called Genesis, it gives the creation story of how he created the world. And it says he made all this stuff in six days, but on the seventh day he rested. He took the A Sabbath, that's the Hebrew word for, for, it took a break. And, And if you are familiar with the Ten Commandments, you know that that word Sabbath is in there. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Keep it separated, that's what holy means. Separated with a purpose. What's the purpose? A break, a rest. You need to take a rest. You need to do it. You need to begin to believe that God can do more with your six days than you can do in your seven. Because that's important. That's faith. That's courage to believe that that can happen. You need to rest. We have to be wise. We have to believe that God is in control of our lives and our schedules. So let's remember to schedule rest. You say, Aaron, what does rest look like? Well, you know your body needs seven to eight hours every night to sleep. Some of you are a little less than that, but for the most of us, it's, you need seven, eight hours a night to sleep. That means there's some things you're going to need to say no to. You might have to turn the TV off. Might. You're probably going to have to. Some of you are going to have to do what I do. Do you know one of the greatest temptations for me at night is to get in bed? You all know the face I'm making, right? Because the face you make, too, when you lay in bed. Because you lay in there looking at your phone until you fall asleep and it plops you in the nose and wakes you up and then you commence doing it again. Can I get a witness? Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, see, don't judge my life. So you know what I did to keep myself from being tempted? I I keep my charger downstairs. So I put my phone on a charger every single night. Downstairs, I have no access to it. So when I go to bed, I can actually go to bed, I can rest. I'm not triggered by a text message or a vibration or like, man, I need to get to that, I need to go. rest rest also looks like taking a day off a week make sure you do it man spend some time just take a day off say no to some things people call you and ask you to do something that day you say no i got something scheduled that day i'm sorry i can't do it what you got scheduled rest oh that'll change your life fridays are my day off no i got something scheduled that day i can't do it that's my day of rest Some of you need to take a vacation once a year. I'm not saying you need to spend thousands of dollars doing it. You just need to take a vacation. You need to take some time off. I've never met a single person who said, man, it's been five years since I've had a vacation. Feels pretty good. (laughs) Everybody who hasn't had a vacation in five years is like, man, I really need a break. I haven't had time to get away, to take my mind off of work take my mind off all the to-do lists here you need a vacation we need intentional time with God and we need intentional times of rest we don't get any of those until we say no to good things so that we can enjoy the best things that's why we need to do things different than the world we need to be wise with our time and with our commitments so that we can have margin in our lives and have rest for our souls Let's pray. Today, I wonder in this place, if you wouldn't just be willing to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What, what is my blank? In light of blank, help me see clearly, because many of us, were are blinded by life. We're blinded by exhaustion. We can't even see what's most important to us. Holy Spirit, would you just reveal to us what's most important? Would you reveal to us what is most wise for us would you reveal to us that which is better so that we can have the courage and the faith to say no to good and have that which is best Lord I know that you desire rest for our souls that's your best life for us This rest it's one where we can meet the world with our strength renewed because we trusted in you help us have rest Help us see clearly how to do that. And I pray that that muscle that we use to say no, that you would just strengthen it with every no that we give to protect that which is most important in our lives. Help us today, God. Create margin in our schedules. And for those of you who are there that are here today, maybe maybe you're in a place where you don't know God. Because one one of the things it takes to say no is faith. Faith in what? Faith in a loving God. Faith in a God who has your best in mind. Faith in a God who loves you unconditionally. That means that his love has no condition. Doesn't mean how bad you've been. Doesn't mean how good you are. It's none of those things. He just loves you. He loves you. In fact, if he had a refrigerator at home, your picture would be hanging on it. He looks at it that often. He loves you. He wants to be in a relationship with you. He wants you to know him so that you can have faith in him, so that you can have rest for your soul. He wants you to know that you don't need to carry the weight of your own life and the weight of your own decisions. He's here to offer you strength, guidance, hope, joy, peace, forgiveness, heaven, full and fulfilled life here on this earth. This is all that Jesus offers. He paid the price so that you could have all of it by dying on the cross. And Today, if you're ready to engage in a relationship with God, to have all that he offers to you through his son, Jesus, you simply need to accept that gift. You say, it's free for me. Yes, it is. It's free for you to receive. But to have the full and fulfilled life that Christ promises, there is on the other side of that making him Lord of your life. That means he's in charge, that you commit to doing things God's way. And if you're here today and you're ready, Aaron, I don't know what that looks like. You say, Aaron, I don't know what it looks like, but I'm ready. I'm not perfect, but I'm ready. I don't have all my stuff together, but I'm ready. I'm ready to start that journey. I'm ready to take a step of faith. I feel Jesus knocking at my heart and I'm ready to open the door. And if that's you and you're here today, I'm gonna pray a prayer that you can be included in our to take that step towards Christ. And I'm gonna pray and I just wanna know. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's looking around. If that's you and you're here in this place today and you're ready, would you let me know that that's you? Would you just slip your hand up and say, that's me? Do that now. Do it now. Do it now. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Church, let's pray together. There's people in this room right now taking a step towards saying yes to Jesus. In a moment, we're going to celebrate with them because this is the greatest step they've ever taken in their lives. Let's pray together. Jesus. I believe you're the son of God. Today I give you my life. Thank you for giving me yours. Forgive me of my sins. Show me how to live for you. And I'll spend every day doing that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.